another equestrian vibes podcast who is this who is she is she posting in the same year yes um if you look at my other podcasts as you can tell i kind of have a streak for uh posting twice a year but that's not happening this year 2021 is going to be awesome well i am so excited to share with you guys this is the first episode of you guys from tiktok on my podcast this has been a lengthy project i've been trying to reach out to people and talk to everyone and i realize it is so much easier for me to work with one person at a time rather than trying to like get in touch with everyone because that's just a lot of people that I'm handling and trying to record so I finally was able to make time to do this podcast it is so amazing I'm so excited for you guys to hear my friend Mary's story um she is awesome she's an equestrian as well and she's been riding for so long and she was so funny and so kind so I won't hold you guys up anymore without further ado welcome to the equestrian vibes podcast um and this session is going to be called equestrians from tiktok so uh let's go much for joining the podcast how are you doing today so good how are you I am doing so well I know this has been kind of in the works for a while (laughs) and it's been kind of crazy to like actually get someone on the podcast so congrats you're like the first person on I'm so excited I'm this is such an awesome project (laughs) oh my goodness so obviously um you're from TikTok which is super exciting it's so awesome to create like kind of an equestrian community through such an awesome app that gives us the opportunity to literally meet people around the world Yes, absolutely. I love building that community of like-minded people. It's so awesome. Oh, no, it really is. And it's just so encouraging to know, like, you're wanting to come on here also and, like, share your story and stuff like that. And I know we've kind of spoken about this before and everything, but we definitely want to go into detail about, like, what you want to talk about today. So, obviously, you probably love horses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I took a pony ride on, like, a, a preschool field trip. And ever since I like got off that horse, it was pestering my parents for lessons and begging and begging until they sent me to summer day camp. <laughs> oh, geez. There's just something about camp that can give me really great memories or really terrible memories. Oh, I think we all have like a, a smattering of both. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day at the barns without any water and like getting the grumpiest ponies for me. Mm-hmm. Those were always just stuck in my mind or like having like jump competitions. Did you and your friends ever like get in the arena and like jump jumps? To oh, see absolutely. Who get the highest. Yes, there was some brush burns made at summer camp. Oh, <laughs> I broke a toe once. Oh my god. On the pole. <laughs> They're heavy. They are heavy. I can only imagine what the horses feel when they knock them because my toes were not feeling it. Oh yeah. Lifting poles is how you build character. <laughs> oh it's integrity, honestly. If you want your child to behave, just send them to horse camp for a few weeks. Absolutely. But that's awesome. So you started just with the pony. I kind of have like the similar way. It's like I, you kind of always like had a fascination with horses. Now, what age were you when that happened? Um, So I started horse camp when I was about four. And I did that for maybe three or four years before I actually started regular lessons. That is awesome. So um, what happened from there? Did you kind of take a break in between or you got like really into it and wanted to compete or like what sparked that passion to actually take lessons? I just loved them. Like I felt such a connection and such a like a sense of place at the barn. And so I finally got my parents to do regular lessons, you know, throughout the winter. And we started monthly and then it was biweekly and then it was weekly. And then before I knew it, I was a barn rat. It was just there all the time mucking stalls and doing anything I could to get extra time in the saddle 
you know, honestly, though, I feel like we can all relate to that. It's a sport that you enter, but you don't realize how addicting you're going to get to it. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought it was going to be like, you know, like kind of like the saddle club. It's like you're going to have a little gang here or there maybe once a week. But like you literally nope. start to live at the barn. Yeah. And I remember my my grandparents were super supportive. And I before I knew it, I had just stacks of like riding encyclopedias and I'd read them all the time and learn all the breeds and like all these things I feel you so you were like the horse girl in school like that was like your personality (laughs) trait was horse I think it still might be yeah same (laughs) like honestly like I see now um online like how everyone's making fun of the horse girls but like literally I took pride in that in like high school and like middle school I don't know why I wanted people to know (laughs) I I, it was my personality trait I was like yeah I'm a horse girl keep up absolutely wear that badge with pride <laughs> they were always like yeah okay that's great good for you but I was like no no you don't understand horse girl like can you ride something that large I don't think so <laughs> can you control does your partner weigh a ton I don't think so <laughs> do you remember those cringy Instagram quotes that you would do in your pictures you're like oh yeah having a bond with the connection with the horse that speaks not our language like oh absolutely <laughs> in the t-shirts that you got for Christmas every year from everyone <laughs> yes I feel that because once it became your personality trait, that's all everyone associated with you is was oh, yeah. horses. That was it. Oh, yeah. And it's just never changed. I'm a junior in college and I have no no plans to get rid of this persona. <laughs> I feel that, though. I've had to cut it off, though, because, like, my room went from, you know, like, looking like a normal teenager's room to, like, literally, I don't know, like, Hobby Lobby. Have you ever been there before? Oh, yes. Very You know how they have, like, the sections of different decor? yes they have like a western section that was like oh, very yeah. like west it wasn't western chic it was just like not a flattering western that you'd probably no. find in your grandmother's like living room no, it's tacky western oh it's, that's what I would call it it was tacky western and that's literally what my like room was turning into like my um cousin she gave me a sign that said barn babe and hot pink and bedazzled Oh, perfect. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? I have the Christmas ornaments, the signs, the Briars. Did you get the Briars Christmas ornaments? I Oh, I have a couple with it. With, like, they're in a horseshoe. Or yes. uh, a stirrup. Yes. Oh, I have that one, too. Yes. <laughs> Those are the best. And I love them. I will hang them every year. I just moved uh, out of my childhood house. And I just had, like, a Rubbermaid bin just full of random ribbons and I never did big horse shows I was never a big horse show person but you just accumulate (laughs) no you really do and then you go back through and you're like I want to remember where I won this ribbon but like I don't and I I remember getting these ribbons and I was like I will forever remember this moment and now looking back 10 years later I'm like what was I doing where where was this you know what I mean it just yeah accumulates I was big on writing on the back so I have like the horse's little show name in the class on so many of them oh sweet you see I wish I did that you were ahead of me like I I mean I mostly had one horse growing up that I showed but I also did a couple of classes with my pony um before we gave her to a friend so like between I wish I knew which ribbon belonged to which horse just so yeah. I could like keep up but oh dang that's awesome you know like yeah I was, horse types <laughs> oh yeah I was just I was never a big show person I there was not a big show community and like we didn't have the money to be going to all these big shows and traveling so you know you really cherish all of those every time I got to show was like so cool and so awesome and so I just have hung on to those I wasn't ready to throw them away <laughs> No, 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 no. I completely agree. I mean, like, I would line the backs of my walls, like, with ribbons. Oh, yeah. I wanted to, like, string and, like, the duct tape yes. and make your own setup. 
I think my favorite memory of having the ribbons on my walls, I was sleeping one night and like the ribbons got too heavy that they literally <laughs> fell on my face at three in the morning. I wish I could tell you how many times that happened to me. And I would just so be many. sitting there like, I am a winner. Like literally yes. like in pride. I'm like, yes, this is what I have called to become. <laughs> After the moment of panic of them falling on your face. <laughs> the celebration. like The celebration of like, I've made it this far. When ribbons oh, yeah. fall on your face, you know you've done well. <laughs> Such a big moment. <laughs> a terrifying moment, but really a big moment. Yes. So that's awesome. So um, you started taking lessons. And now did you just started showing on like, um schooling ponies the lesson ponies at the barn yep I always just rode the school horses and this barn that I was at was actually a rescue and so we helped a lot with like bringing some of the horses along and getting them acclimated to being lesson horses and that's this first barn is really where I got my foundation and we would pop over to local shows and sometimes do like the county fair uh we were really lucky we had a really great county fair um but yeah we just we had so much fun riding our school ponies and it was really awesome. It taught me a lot about being a better catch rider, which I appreciate still. <laughs> I'm sure. And like, I really encourage people, especially growing up, is to try different horses. Oh, like yeah. when beginner riders ask me all the time, I'm a beginner, what do I do? I say yeah. try everything. I think ride that is everything. so important. Try Absolutely. everything, ride everything, try different disciplines because like you won't mm-hmm. know you like it until you do it. Mm-hmm. And it gave me such a strong basis and like such a level of confidence of knowing I can handle that. I can handle the horses that are a little hotter and the horses that are a little lazier. And that was really helpful moving forward in my riding. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, um, going on into the journey of your riding, did you ever get your own horse? So I did get my horse um, after I, so this first barn, um, after a while, it sort of evolved. The trainer kind of had favorites and it just became not an environment where I was feeling like I was growing at all. And hard. So yeah, it was really hard. And I had ridden there for about 10 years. I had started there. Wow. My favorite childhood pony and horse were there. So it was just, it was really hard. But I finally made the decision when I was like a freshman in high school to uh, change. And I found a new trainer and we got along really well. He was really great. I progressed so much and it was really great. And I ended up, uh, ended up actually getting my first horse uh, through him when I rode there. That's wonderful. Now, I do want to pop back to, like, you say and how, like, the trainer had favorites, and it kind of just kind of turned into a toxic mm-hmm. situation, it sounds like. Yes, it did, and it, it just, yeah, it, it was a really weird thing to navigate, being so young and not having experience with that before. Oh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and that's, like, something I, I definitely want to talk about for a quick moment, because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, that's not a topic that is spoken on, especially at such a young age. I mean, I, I right. remember going through that, too, and you just don't know what to think. No, and it's so easy to be taken advantage of and to kind oh, of yeah. be kind of be the whipping boy and and the favorites, these these kids who were kind of like her little minions, if you will, they were not always nice. And it just made going to the barn like kind of stressful. And I was like, why am I letting this, you know, interfere with something I love so much? Oh, but your environment really takes a toll, though, on, like, how you perform and your passion. Like, you really, everything has to align in order for you to succeed. I was, like, in this exact same area as you were. Like, my first barn that I rode at wasn't the best. Like, I mean, I got bullied, you know? Like, I was a girl that would clean stalls just to get lessons. And Mm -hmm. I remember, like, intentionally going to ride at nighttime in the um, lit arena so I didn't have to see anyone else. Wow. Yeah, and it's more common than people want to talk about. And I feel like it's because sometimes you think oh well I need to like earn my place here and it's like yeah but you don't need to 
put up with that with the toxic no it's really hard to navigate I think and it's also like building the stereotype is like you always have to like have the best horse you always have to have the best riding for each other not everyone comes from like you know the same social class no and and I think the barn there's room for everyone and everyone needs to entirely shapes sizes heights it doesn't matter like they should all be welcome mm-hmm. you know like horses don't care like how much money no. you have horses don't care what you look like I mean like no they love you for who you are and I think that's the environment that should be withheld at like a facility like that absolutely I actually got the chance to work with a young girl she was uh, 14 and tragically it had a stroke and she was suffering a lot physically and uh, was experiencing just bullying at school and things and her mom brought her to the barn and the solace that she found in riding was like just one of the most incredible things I've ever gotten to witness. And it was just that horses are just a place for everyone. And it was so incredible to watch. That was one of my favorite horse experiences. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, like you can really build like a community and family within the yeah. um, horse world, but you also realize how small the horse world is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially I coming from a small town. Like I get that. Like it seems mm-hmm. like everybody knows everybody. And then somehow your name gets tossed around and like, you may not know these people, but they already know you. Yeah. Everyone has a reputation and I'm from an area that does not have a huge horse community. And that in and of itself gets really toxic. People are very nasty and there's a lot of back talking of each other. And I'm like in a small community, we should be building on each other. This is a small community of people with the same interests. Which is why I love your podcast so much and your TikTok account and bringing this community together. I think we need more of that everywhere. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, that I really want to use my platform for you guys to, like, speak up. And, I mean, if I have the numbers, I want to give everyone an equal chance to, you know, like, share their story. So, like, it truly is an honor to have you guys on here, like, wanting to, like, talk about topics that aren't talked about. Because, right. I mean, I, I, I bet even, like, leaving the barn for you, for being there for so long, loving these horses, I mean, like, you really have to detach yourself from like the horses and 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 realize yeah. like what's better for your mental health and what's better for you as a person even though exactly. it's hard and I also realized some of the things I had learned it was not even the best horse care and there was some things lacking in the training and these are things I would never have known if I hadn't tried something else and I think it's really really hard when you've established yourself at a barn to branch out but it's so oh, yeah. important I, 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 learned, agree. I just became a, a much better horseman learned so much about horse care and those things are so crucial oh I mean completely I honestly I I was talking actually I mean like I just had a lesson this morning and I was realizing it's like you need to find trainers that have the same passion as you and it's not Mm -hmm. just about money because I'm sure like in the horse community a lot to do with it has to do with money and it's kind of sad because you get overlooked with um your talent and kind of like your mm-hmm. passion and the trainer starts looking at you as more of like a paycheck rather than like a student yeah. wanting to learn and absolutely I really encourage students to find a trainer that clicks with them because mm-hmm. I absolutely. feel like you almost feel stuck in that environment like you don't want to leave yeah. because you feel like maybe I don't have the potential maybe they're right maybe I, I can't leave like I can't go anywhere else for Mm-hmm. from here I, I I get that I get that and it, it takes a bit to like find a trainer that you click with and you have to be yeah. honest with yourself and I really feel like upfront with a trainer too when you are looking for new people to learn from because yeah. like I always say like if your trainer isn't taking lessons and still trying to learn and educate themselves There's it's not the right trainer to be with yeah absolutely and I I love the idea that you have to be able lo- the learning goes both ways and when I switched barns I found this trainer I was really lucky to find and again I just learned so much about the horse care and I 
got so much stronger as a rider and just learned so many things that I hadn't really connected with my riding before. It was like everything fell into place. And I think that's so important for people to find. It really is. And as a student too, like you have to be willing to learn. Cause yes. I, I know it's kind of hard. Like um, I, I've, I've done it, you know, like you go somewhere new, you kind of want to act like, you know, at all. But you have There's to a little be, bit of that. Yeah, yeah. The intimidation of going somewhere new and trying something new in front of new people. Yes. Yep. There's a thing you want to be. Yeah. You want to be good and you want to be, mm-hmm. you want to be the best. You want to show off to them and you want to be one of their good students. And I think that's another thing just with the competitiveness of the horse world. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, like I, all the time, all the time, like even the stables that I grew up riding, in, it was just like, there was something, a stigma about like, when you're riding, like you always feel like people are like whispering about you, your position yeah. or your horse or anything. And I never mm-hmm. had the best horse. Like my stuff wasn't no. fancy as much as I Mine wanted either. it to be. It, it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's another stigma. Like I always wanted the best saddle and the, and the best riding boots and, and the best saddle pads and a really nice horse. And the most learning I'd ever done was off a failed race horse that was $400 because he had two ribs out when he was young. <laughs> Two ribs out. <laughs> Two ribs out, and he was—he was bred to be a racehorse, and he just wasn't. <laughs> He's special. We love the quirky ones. Oh yes, the specialist. Was oh, his yeah. show name Ribless? <laughs> that would have been a good one. It was, actually, hilariously enough, it was Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's from there, honestly. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, he was the best, and I learned that was the first horse I ever owned, and just the best experience unfortunately I just saw him going to college which is a whole nother jump for riding <laughs> oh I I know oh my gosh he sounds like a, such a sweetheart I'm telling you like the, the special ones are always the best it seems the oh. ones with personality oh absolutely and he had the best personality and the whole other thing with owning a horse is another big portion of what taught me a lot in riding I never came from tons of money so <laughs> I had this horse and I was working at the barn six days a week after school and that taught me so much about riding that, you know, oh, if you yeah. put in the work, you get the, you get more out of it. You really do. And I feel like I, I remember owning my first horse and showing up to the bar in the day that like I owned him after like finding out he was mine. And I still asked to ride him. I was like, <laughs> can, can I, can I ride him? They're like, can I ride this uh, horse? <laughs> he's yours. Yeah, sure. Because just you know, sure. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like so surprising to me. I was like, you mean I can do whatever I want with this animal. Like I can take him out and bathe him right now. Like, I can take him out and, like, just go ride bareback in the field for no reason. Like, I can jump off of him and pop on. It was just, like, a weird thing. It's like getting yeah. a new car. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not mine. Oh, wait, I just bought it. Yes, it is mine. <laughs> it's so crazy and it's so surreal after going so long, probably riding 12 years, of just riding the school horses, which was the best. And I would not change that for anything, of course. But it was this really weird – it just felt like the – you know, the final step, like I'd worked so hard to get to that point. I bet. And that's, that is such a huge thing. And I also just want to clarify um, for the listeners who are um, listening to this right now. It's like, again, any of this, but we're not talking bad about people who do have like, you know, the amount of money to get the really nice horses and to get the really nice tack as well. Like oh, nothing absolutely. about that. But I, I, we're just speaking on a level though, that isn't talked about a lot. And I really just needs to be like, open and real because right absolutely I see these like youtubers and again like all these instagram influencers and social media like has a facade of like making everything so luxurious and so perfect and it's like dude if you really saw me at the stable I'm like a sweaty hot mess scooping food right 
and there's nothing it's it's fantastic if you have the means to have the top line of stuff and the top quality horses that's fantastic that's incredible and it's so fun to watch but I just feel like the grand majority of people don't fall into that category exactly what you're saying so it's nice to open dialogue about both oh no for sure and you know Mm -hmm. what like one day like work for your dreams and like you could possibly be there one day I mean I'm hoping to be you know like in a few years or whatever get a good job and just like you know start splurging in that area because it's a weakness (laughs) you know like I Absolutely. just my first Taraski crystal helmet after riding in Troxel and Ovations for a bit. Yes. I mean, like, Troxel are basically bike helmets. <laughs> They're tough. And I, that's one of the, one of the things I learned that was so interesting to me was proper helmet fitting. Yeah. I had this Troxel and I was like, oh my goodness, that was just not, that did not fit my head. <laughs> yes. I remember that too. Mm-hmm. When you finally get um like your first a first helmet of a different brand, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I just got my first Sam Shield and I was like, Ooh, Oh my goodness, what? I feel so fancy. Oh, you are fancy. I know like you get it on, you're like, I'm not gonna fall off today. Like this is preventing <laughs> me from falling off. Exactly. Yeah, I saved up for so long and I have a very odd and very large head. So <laughs> I really needed to find a good fit. I feel that too. I was like I would always like for some reason though, my my Troxel helmet, I remember getting a Troxel, it was black. Um, I got it the first few years of riding. You know, it was like a good price, and that's what my parents right. bought because we just didn't know anything. Like that's like the standard beginner helmet that yep, you're handed when one. you get on a horse is a Troxel oh, yeah. helmet with the dial fit on the back. Yes, I didn't have a dial fit. Mine was just padded. So, oh my god, it, I had the dial fit. I can oh. still hear the clicking. <laughs> oh no, see, my ovation has that, but no, my Troxel did not. Like it was plastic and it was cracked because the amount of times that I fell off, oh, it was probably. Of like, I think it's, like, after the first or, or second time you fall, you have to get a new helmet. Like, no. That mm-hmm. thing was, like, yeah, they 60 said. balls in. Mm-hmm. And then you're, like, oh, my goodness. Nobody ever told me that I had to replace it. Yeah. No. No one. And every four years, you're supposed to get a new helmet. Yeah. I didn't know that. I Literally, yeah. my Troxel lived with me for, like, five or six. For so long. Yeah. And I th- th- those safety things are so interesting. And I... I mean, of course, they're coming up with new and better standards and whatnot, but I didn't know so much of what I feel like I should have known. No, precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, people just don't take time to teach you. And, right. and I think it's it like, faddles me because, like, you go to a stable, you don't know something, and then they treat you dumb for not knowing it. Right. And I think that's another thing. Like, you want to – it's that same idea of building the community. You want to support the beginners. No, you know, for support sure. people who don't know as much as you. Support people who came from a different place. You know, I had people judging me when I went to my new barn because I had learned things at my old barn that just weren't right. And I had been there for so long, I didn't know that these things weren't right until, you know, kind and patient people who were passionate about sharing the right thing taught me. Yes. That, I think that's the motto that you always have to have, though, with whatever you're mm-hmm. doing is like, just remember, you're always going to be a student. You're always learning because there's always something yeah. new to learn. You never and max you were out that on beginner. knowledge. And you were that beginner. Oh, at for one sure. Point. And you know, when people treat you with that respect it it helps and it makes you want to be better and exactly it motivates you because I I remember Mm -hmm. like being told like you're never going to get anywhere you're never going to be a good rider that didn't make me want to keep riding that made me want to stop and then there's that feeling um of you know oh I can't show all the time I don't have the nicest stuff I'm I must not be as as much of an equestrian as those you don't feel equivalent to the other riders right and it's like that's just not true no no (laughs) not at all and I I, you know like I'm 22 like I'm in my 20s here and like Mm -hmm. I still go to shows and I still get you know kind of 
spooked out going like because I'm with oh, like absolutely. big riders now and I'm like living in Florida and living in like near the Ocala area mm-hmm. we have a lot of nice facilities here I mean yes. we're, we're like one of the horse capitals which is awesome right but also kind of like overwhelming for me coming from a small absolutely. town outside of it mm-hmm. and just going to these like what was it? I went to a show one time and you know, when you're jumping um in cross country or like a warm-up arena on an eventing show, it's the white flag is on the left and the red flag yep. is on the right. My mm-hmm. trainer never told me this. So I'm oh warming up goodness. and I jump it with the opposite direction oh and I get yelled at by another trainer. I was like, how dare you do that? You should know better. You would be oh disqualified if you were under me. And I was like, this is my oh. first time here. I didn't know. Yeah, like, you could have just told me. Exactly. No, exactly. I've definitely seen that happen to horse shows. It's And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen the people, the trainers not helping their students and getting them into danger or the people being so cruel. I I watched a trainer at a local show scream at, like, a child. I'm talking seven, six years old for doing something wrong. And it, you know, I was like, this is, these are the future of the sport that you are teaching. Like, you, you would think you'd want to build these people up and give them a foundation that people are going to help them oh, and, no. you know, teach yeah. them and encourage them to learn. And it's not always the case. No, no, it, it's not always the case. And, like, again, I mean, like, being brutally honest, again, like, no one really wants to say it. There's some, like, mean people in the horse community. It's a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Real topic. Yeah, just like, yeah, just like every other group, there are people who are going to be mean. I got one opportunity after saving for so many years I got one chance to go show in Kentucky and there was just some people who were shooting you the side eye and they weren't they weren't nice and they would give you dirty looks and I was like this is my first time in an international arena this is scary (laughs) I totally get it and I think my favorite comment was what you told me your mom said Hmm. when she said she was like this is your one shot (laughs) this is your one big horse show soak it all in (laughs) She basically looked at you and said, this is it. Enjoy it, yeah, Mary. This is it. <laughs> Soak it all up. <laughs> Don't forget anything. <laughs> and that's how I was with any big event that I went to. Because oh, I was yeah. like, oh, I know I'm not coming back until like maybe two or three years from now. Exactly. I'll never forget walking the course. And Margie Engel was walking the same course. Wow. And I, it was like being in the presence of God. Like, yes. like Oh, my goodness. Like, you are the top of this like i don't belong here. here on the same footing how dare we use the same bedding <laughs> oh i know i know no precisely precisely and it, it's just so funny i mean like um my trainer now I, I just started training with her but she was in the olympics um and i have never met a woman so kind and so humble and so passionate about training up the next generation of riders and that is what creates a good horse community. I wish there was more. I wish that was the industry standard. Yes. No, me too. It I, needs to be. Oh, it really needs to be. Like, I, I've been looking for, um, like, you knew someone new to train with for a while now. Because, like, mm-hmm. you try people and you just don't click with them. And, you know, they may click with other people, but it just wasn't my type of riding skill or right. suit or what me and my horse were looking for. As important. if my horse has a say. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> I have the say. Sometimes but they do. Sometimes I mean, do. They they'll let you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. exactly but for sure and it's just like I was getting so desperate to the point where I put an ad on Facebook saying I need an authentic trainer who isn't looking for money yeah I want a trainer who's passionate about training that's what I said and yep. I didn't care about the price at that point I wanted to meet someone who who was good you know yeah and sometimes that's what you have to do it's really important to set yourself up in the environment that you need 
I know for sure. And I was always afraid to do that. I was always afraid to speak up for myself because I always was told what to do. I was always told what to do mm-hmm. with my horses. And I bet like when you first got your horse, you were like, oh, you mean again, like figuring out you can do everything with your horse. You can change his feet. Right. You can do this. You can do that. Yeah. And advocating for yourself as an equestrian is also really hard, mm-hmm. especially when you're young or you're with a place that's not that doesn't really want to develop their beginners. And there's a lot of judgment there. It's really hard. And Oh, it, it's everywhere. It really is everywhere. I mean, it was just like when I first like came to a barn, I remember coming to um, a very private barn where it's just me and this lady that owned the property. And she literally told me like, okay, so how do you take care of your horses? And I was like 15, what? 14. No, I literally was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And she's like, yeah. what do you feed them? What is their nightly care? Do they need anything? Meds? Like, how do you want me to take care of them? And I'm like, I've never had a say in that. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's another thing. It's important to learn that kind of stuff. That's a great example of like an experience I had with my first horse and learning all those different things. And it's important. (laughs) It's important. And you feel like rushed to learn everything so quickly. But again, like how long have you been riding for? Oh, probably 16 years at this point. Yes. And you still don't know everything, right? No. Oh, my God. I'm riding with my school right now. And I learn 25 new things every time how I go. cool is that so okay so you left the toxic barn you went to find like your dream trainer basically that you got to own your sweet <laughs> special quirky horse yes. with two missing ribs <laughs> the best <laughs> he sounds wonderful and then from there like kind of um what happened with that so I rode with my coach and it was super great and everything was just very smooth and then I um was going off to college so I sold my horse back to my coach he stayed with him which was so nice that's so wonderful do you ever get to visit him I my trainer actually so unfortunately has moved out of state oh um and my horse is still at the local barn um but I don't train with their trainer so I haven't gotten a chance recently but hopefully (laughs) yeah he's still he's still local okay god well you definitely find the contact and go visit him Yes, absolutely. But I know he's doing well. Oh, good. <laughs> I have some good. inside eyes. <laughs> good. Yes. But then from there, I went to college. And as sort of the natural next step, I joined my college's hunt seat team. And it was fairly competitive. They were they're pretty intense. And it was really great. And I learned a lot. And it was, it was really fun. But it just wasn't the right fit. Mm-hmm. And it was really strange because I just figured, okay, I'll go to college and I'll ride on the hunt seat team. I've always ridden hunt seat. And then I was like, this, I'm not happy. What do I do? And yeah. this was, it was such a hard choice. And then my school also has a Western riding team. And I was like, you know what? I'm in college. I'm going to try something new. So I decided to join the Western team. And it was just like an immediate just settling in, into place. It was the coolest thing. And I, it's been such a good experience. The vibe is definitely different. So I know, my listeners, we have a lot of Western riders and we have a lot of English riders. So we're going to pull up on that topic really quick because I know we spoke about this before. But For it sure. is so funny. You know, you hear in English and you're like, automatically, you feel like you've spoke like this. And they're like, I, growing up, I think like, of oh, the queen so on her pony. Yes. Oh, yes. Look at the queen on her pony. Like, and you send some crumpets or something. Like, something like Out that. I know it's just like and they're like oh you're so so you're rich and I'm like well no I, yeah, I, no, I actually worked at the barn seven days yeah. a week for like most of my life <laughs> exactly so I feel like that's kind of like the English stereotype and then you go into western yeah. and it's like come as you are let's get on and go like you just hold on and you just hope you stay on <laughs> yeah I think they definitely both have a lot of embedded stereotypes and 
it's interesting. It was really interesting to see the dynamic of the same, you know, the same pool of people from the same school in just two different disciplines of the same sport. And the difference was just crazy. And I mean, the people on the Hunsey team were lovely and they were so nice and the team was great. And it just, the vibe just didn't fit. I get it. And it's such a weird thing to recognize. And I feel like that experience of leaving my first barn was what totally prepared me to make this choice. And it was really hard. I felt really guilty. You know, I felt bad. Uh, Yeah, totally. I get that. And that's what makes it hard to leave. (laughs) Yeah, it makes it so hard to leave. And, you know, there wasn't much judgment when I left. Nobody really said anything. At least that's my face. So So then I, yeah, I joined this Western team. And um, unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't been able to practice as a team or do any shows over the last year, which has been a bummer. But um, I'm still riding with my coach and her and her husband are Rainers and his, her husband's actually heading down to Jacksonville soon. Oh, she has a big raining shows. coming to which, my area. Yes. How exciting. So fun. Yeah. So it's learning a whole new discipline. Yeah. I'm learning raining, which is so fun and ranch riding. And it's just, it's really cool to branch out and try something new. So I definitely recommend that if people That's have awesome. the resources. Oh, I, I completely agree. I remember going to my first barrel show. Like, um, I boarded at, like, a Western barn. And I was, like, the only English girl there. And they're like, oh, you're the prissy girl. Like, they always made fun of me for my, my little saddle and my colorful <laughs> saddle pads and my tight pants <laughs> and everything. And I remember getting my first Western saddle and putting it on my quarter horse, you know, like, they were like, well, he's a quarter horse. He didn't, shouldn't he be a Western horse? And <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not kidding you. Like, people down here in Florida in certain parts actually talk like that. Oh, probably. No, yeah, I'm not kidding. Them. Like, I know a lot of people <laughs> at the far side. They, they actually do talk like that. And they're usually older gentlemen that are, you know, they're like, oh, you're in your tight pants. Like, do you actually know how to, like, get on a horse and, like, go? <laughs> so. Oh, boy. I remember getting on my quarter horse and putting a Western saddle on him and getting in the Western saddle for the first time. And I was like, wait, I kind of like this. And very then <laughs> it was very comfortable, but you very know, comfortable. it transformed me as a person. I went from like, you know, like the breeches and the boots and everything to like jeans, messy mm-hmm. hair, like t-shirts. The jeans was an oddly like poignant change for me. I was like, this is, I just bought my first pair of bootcut Wranglers. <laughs> Dude, me too. And it's been like, I don't know. I've been riding for how long? I literally bought them like last month. I was like, I'm going to treat mm-hmm. myself, buy a $70 yep. pair of Wranglers. Yep. By the way, if anybody wants to hook up, uh, there's a pair of Wranglers on Amazon for like 30 bucks. No way. What? <laughs> Link will be in bio. <laughs> like 30. <laughs> Link in the description. Um, they're the best. Obviously, it's Amazon. So like every color is like a wildly different price, but it, whatever. <laughs> I love that, though. And like, I, I feel like they mix it up. Like you shouldn't only have to stay in one discipline. Like what is it? It's like Wanglish or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have not heard that, but I'm so going to use that. It's called Wanglish because, like, I'm, like, I will literally sometimes ride in my breeches and tall boots and, like, have a whole, like, Western get up on my horse and just Perfect. be, like, trail riding with everyone. Or it's the opposite. I'm in English with, like, my jeans and boots and, like, no helmet. Wear That's helmet, so kids. <laughs> yeah, I actually just, I've been not wearing my helmet for Western practice and horse shows because that's what everybody does. And I just went back to wearing it. You know what? The first time I rode without a helmet, my horse flipped over on me. Yeah, see, it's that's so scary. Yeah, it was. I was like, I'm fine, you know, like I'm gonna be free and like, you know, <laughs> be the girls that you see in the movies and like end up like literally flipping over. I was like, Well, we're not doing this again. Yeah, I definitely went without the helmet and then we show in hats. Um I do love that I have a cowboy hat now. That's so much fun. <laughs> cowboy hats are so much fun. 
it's so fun but yeah i went back i did go back to wearing the helmet and i would recommend it it's always you only get one noggin no yes protect your head please protect it love your melon (laughs) well like i went i went through like the country girl phase yeah i'm still like a little bit of yee in me but like aren't we all but girl no i was like trying you know like the tumblr country girls like you remember like 2015 2016 where they would like have like country girl sayings or whatever and they would oh, be yeah. like barn hair i don't care like whatever like mm, that's mm-hmm. what like, i wore the camo i wore the boots everywhere like that became mm. again another trait of me not was only was i the horse girl but i was the horse country girl i knew how to shoot Beautiful. i could do the bow i was like cowboys come take me away like you know like the take me kick song <laughs> These are things that build character and humility, <laughs> they, <laughs> and they're important. They really build something. At least I turned something. out normal. It's something. Horse people, I gotta say, I've never met a stereo- what they stereotypically will refer to as normal. No horse people. No. Everyone's got a little crazy in them, and I love it. No, for sure. And you try I different things. It. Like, going through the yeah. horse community, you start off like this, but then all of a sudden, you're, like, on the opposite spectrum, and then you go back, and it's just, like you're gonna like develop and build character over time and it's just so funny to see yourself through the years how <laughs> always and that's yeah it's so funny and now that i've switched to this western it's like there's so much crossover in the disciplines and i think riding both disciplines has made me stronger in the opposite oh it, it has is, yeah and it's so interesting and i you know my coach always <laughs> other than not being able to keep my stirrups as long as other western riders do <laughs> oh jumper life so i feel that <laughs> i'm like I'm like, I have... They call you a stiff, jockey. Yep. I have stiff equestrian joints, okay? I'm like, my leg is not going to lengthen now. <laughs> no. And even when it's long, my knee naturally pulls up, and I naturally put my heel down, so my feet aren't yep. even in the stirrups at that point. Yep. That's probably been the hardest part of the switch, honestly. And when, you know, when something goes wrong or your horse takes off and your muscle memory starts to take over, my muscle memory is hunt seat. <laughs> and it's funny, because I can always tell when I'm doing it. Yes. And I do some sort of, like, I, I subtly will try to bend. And my coach is like, there's no bending. We don't bend. <laughs> there's no bending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Growing up as a hunter, you know, everything was very low and forward. So I kept yes. my hands low, like below my belly button. Mm-hmm. I always like kind of had my leaning forward a little bit because it, it's just it's natural. The leaning forward. Yes. yes. Brutal. Dude, yeah. now that I'm a jumper, my, my trainer is like, sit back, sit up. Why are you yeah. leaning forward? And I'm like, what are you Pockets doing? Pockets on the saddle. <laughs> yeah, I, I switched a lot between jumpers and hunters. Um when I did Hunsey and it's hard enough just to switch between those two and now with Western it's like a different seat and a different hip position and the hand position and yeah it's it's so the even just the aids are different wow but I mean like, like you know you can whoa an English horse and they'll slow down if you say whoa to like a raining a verbally emergency stop horse, dead stop emergency I would fly over if you told it, me to stop one of mm-hmm. your horses I would be like on the other side of the arena because mm-hmm, if you're like whoa the horse is all four feet planted like <laughs> well there goes the victory <laughs> which is so crazy it's so funny learning the spinning and stuff oh my goodness i would vomit do you not get dizzy honestly you're so focused on what you're learning because it's such a weird set of aids when you've come from jumpers like my coach has to tell me the sequence of aids and it makes total like biomechanics sense but you're like, wait, what am I doing with my legs? And then before you know, you've already spun four times. <laughs> it it's like really life flashes before your eyes. And it's like you go from a child to present. <laughs> That's how I would picture it. Exactly. And then before, and you have to count. 
the spins. I'm like, how do you count the spins? You're like, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then like, actually, Mary, that was four. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure it was eight. Or sometimes I'm like, that was definitely two. And she's like, that was like 11. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> That's me counting strides in between jumps. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, no. No, you're like, that's a four, and then you've done two, and you're like, oh. It's a long spot. She was like, no, it was actually a short spot. And you're like, oh, man. I knew that. I was just testing you. I was just wanting to know if you actually were paying attention. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my gosh. The writing community is just. Oh, yeah. So oh funny. man like oh i bet though that is so crazy so like being in the, like on a college team though i bet that was different too it definitely was yeah it was it was an interesting experience and just watching the competitiveness of like teams of people and how even just different schools attitudes are different and they oh, you yeah. know kind of d- develop like a team persona oh, yeah. but oh, like yeah. it's, it's really evident at horse shows which is so interesting now, would you yeah. encourage the users, to, uh, listeners, not users, oh my gosh, I'm so used to, like, being on TikTok, and I'm like, oh yeah, the users on the app, no, I mean, like, listeners, do you encourage them to, like, whenever they are in college, or if they're about to get ready for college, like, would you encourage them to try out the equestrian team? Absolutely. I think it's been a super fun experience. I've learned the whole lot, <laughs> and met lots of cool people, and yeah, I would definitely say try it out. And also, if you do try out your team and you find it's not a good fit, don't be afraid to join a different team or ride outside of school. You know, I think one of the most important things is to keep your mind open and definitely try it out. That is so cool. I mean, yeah, try it because you won't know until you do it. Right, exactly. I was nervous to try the Western team. You know, I was like, I I'm bet. coming in. My, you know, uh, IHSA is the college mm-hmm. or anything. And it's based on past experience and my hunt seat experience pushed me like up a level higher than what I should have been in Western. Mm-hmm. And like, I was so nervous and everyone was just so encouraging. And it's, it's so cool to build this community with people. That is awesome. I mean, I can only imagine because I struggle riding, like being a full-time college student now. And yeah, just like it's finding time for that. Yeah. It's hard to balance. Um, but everyone on the team's in the same boat. Oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, so that's the helpful part. Exactly. And I'm sure like you also have to like kind of step away and like remember like this isn't always about competing because like riding in that type of like environment mm-hmm. can be very competitive and you learn you kind of lose the passion for it too. Absolutely. That's a huge thing that thank you because that's a great point to mention. You do. And now that we're not showing and we're not we're not riding as a team at all, you know, lessons are independent. It's sort of made me like remember I went to the barn on Saturday and I hadn't ridden over my break and there was just people at the barn just like doing barn people things you know hanging out and chatting with each other and uh with masks on and distant of course um (laughs) but like chatting with each other and there was just like people riding and grooming their horses and I it was just so nice to be back in that environment I love community like that I I really do yeah my coaches are so fantastic and they have created such a community within their own and my barn is not affiliated with my college you know it's like an independent mm-hmm. barn so they have their clients and and their community and it's just it always it just reminded me so much why I ride and why I love it so much yes yes and, and again like even bringing it back to like your first barn and like you you could have lost your passion then but like you decided to yep. keep going and find mm-hmm. the right spot for you because we all have a fit somewhere and like yes I mean if you don't fit here you're gonna fit somewhere else and you're gonna make a community of people that love you for you 
Absolutely. And you'll remember why you started in the first place because it's so easy. I mean, it, it's it's so easy just to get caught up. Not even like in person, but like again on social media. That's such a big thing that I stress about is because like yeah. I have my uh, equine account on Instagram and it's like you go on you're like, oh dang. <laughs> yeah. It's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's there's just so many different people from so many different places that are present on social media and I feel like a lot of times it almost becomes competitive even there it does no it really does there's just no room for that Mm -mm, no I know it and it's like they hold it's sad to say but like I've experienced um large creators that hold themselves so high that they don't even feel like they they can talk to other you know users that have yeah and not the numbers that they do absolutely and I I just think it would just be so nice and fulfilling to have such a community of people when we have this age of being on the internet everyone is in one place especially in a time now where we aren't able to you know physically see each other like we used to it is so right. important to really do build up that community and like mm-hmm. that passion again because like for you having the opportunity at the bar now most people don't have that right now and no and it's just like it's such like a take for granted thing like you you realize going back you're like oh my gosh like this is something that was so normal but now it's like something that's almost a gift (laughs) yeah we had all these times and all these things with COVID and being a college team is really difficult and we went these weeks without riding and I was like wow that is like my saving grace right yeah and like it's terrible when you don't have it (laughs) exactly I remember riding so much to the point where I was like I wish I wasn't doing this right now I wish I didn't have to go through the horses and then like COVID hit and you're like oh I I kind of want to do that I kind of you know I want to be there and and here yeah that also reminds me when I did have my horse uh you said you know sometimes you get so caught up and you're doing it so often you think oh I don't want to be here I took when I sold my horse I was just a little bit lost in the horse world and I was like what am I gonna do now you know I'm going to college and it was I took a couple months off from riding and it was really nice I took a couple months and I was like I need this time and then I went back and I was like I'm never doing that again <laughs> exactly like month two of taking a break I was like this is not for me no and then getting back into shape and riding oh my gosh don't even get me started oh no no <laughs> you don't realize <laughs> you don't realize the physicality that it takes to ride until you stop for a while completely I remember like um, again like my horse always had problems with getting lame so I would have to like not be riding as much and then as soon as we get back into it I'm like three trot laps and out of breath and I'm like what is wrong with me oh yeah you're hopping and popping and you're like oh my goodness I know the horse is like can you even keep up with me and I'm like probably not (laughs) No, yeah, not today. <laughs> you do the work. Absolutely. I'm going to lunge you. That's <laughs> the lunging Absolutely. day. For sure. Oh, my goodness gracious. So the equestrian team is so like, where are you are currently then? Sorry? Um, what are you doing currently? Um, So right now we're just, like I said, there's really no team stuff going on. Um, Everything's on pause and IHSA has canceled all our show season. Mm-hmm. So I'm just riding independently with my coach. Um. Just getting in the groove of things. I'm learning the basics of reining. Um, IHSA is based on equitation only. Okay. And I think a lot of both Huntseat and Western, um, other than IHSA, does have reining. And that's, of course, based on reining. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the regular stock seat rail classes and all the Huntseat are based on equitation. And that was another weird thing to get used to is a lot of teams and coaches and things. And even the judges are pushing 
equitation, equitation, equitation. And at a certain point, you kind of lose that, like, you're riding like a live animal. Yeah. Like, you need to be riding the horse you're on. So it's been really nice to take a break from just working on the equitation and stuff and learning and really riding. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I feel like in those moments, too, like, we get so absorbed as being a rider, we forget, like, the horse. Right. You get so absorbed. Exactly. Just like you said, you get so absorbed. Ab- <laughs> absorbed into being the rider that you forget your partnership yeah and yeah and that's one thing that I'm so grateful my coach really stresses you know she's like you sure equitate but she's like don't go around on your hollowed out head up horse yeah <laughs> who might run away with you you know it's you're riding a partner and doing this reining and all these different the ranch riding which is like pattern based for sure um, yeah they're just helping to remember that no I know I think it's super important too and I think there's there's been really good things that have come out of the season though of like you know kind of taking a step back and slowing down is like you don't have Mm -hmm. to ride every time you go out to the barn either like that's not something you have to do like go out there and just like literally sit in your horse's stall and chill with your horse all the time or just go to a bath yeah really really good spa day yes they love it I I I mean like that was something I always feel pressure. Just like every time I got to the barn, I had to ride one of my horses. Because I have four horses. Like, I, I'm blessed enough to have that, you know, like, not bragging or anything mm-hmm. at all. But, like, there was always that pressure of having to ride yeah. one of them, train one of them, lunge one of them. And, like, sometimes I wasn't in the mood. I just didn't want to no. do it. It becomes overwhelming. And then when you're overwhelmed and you're overworked, you can't be as good a partner for no exactly so it's important yeah for both of you to have rest days and you're too much in your head and like it's Mm -hmm. just gonna defeat the purpose because like the horse can feel you they know you're yeah and they know they know if you had a terrible day Mm -hmm. no exactly so it's just like you you also need to be in the right mental state to Mm -hmm. ride absolutely because I've ridden when I was angry and I released, you know, like that anger out on the horse of like, yeah, why isn't can he feel doing it right? Angry. Why aren't you like yeah. stretching? Why aren't you like bending? And I'm like, oh, wait, because like I'm mad and I'm not giving him like clear signals right. of what to because, do. You know, my shoulders are tense and I'm gripping the reins mm-hmm. and I have puppy paws and I'm holding my shoulders up so high. And it's like, that's why. <laughs> exactly. Some days it's just yeah. good to get on bareback and walk around. Oh, yeah. That's one of my absolute favorites completely so yeah. it's just also like feeling that like that I think that was another good thing that came out of like having the slow down it's just like realizing you don't always have to like be riding and like feeling that pressure of always moving forward always like competing because like oh my goodness it's just so easy again to see like other people doing that and you're like oh dang mm-hmm. I need to keep up right and it's like there's nothing wrong with taking a moment to step back and remember why you actually ride exactly it doesn't make you yeah. any less of a question I feel like again like that stigma of like you always have to keep going you you have like certain mm-hmm. standards that you have to meet in order to check off the mm-hmm. actual good rider actual like yeah good you have, to have an hour-long ride where everything you do is perfect it's like no you really don't no exactly <laughs> horses are live animals they're you know they're not robust they're not and you're a live person, you know, like you yeah. have feelings, you have emotions and it's good to acknowledge them and not just like shove them in the back of the closet and, and put on a face. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's just so many expectations for riding that you have to, you know, to be a hunter, you need to be tall and thin and to be an equitation rider, you know, you have to have the longest legs and to do Western, you have to have the fastest horse. It's mm-hmm. like, just none of that is realistic and no. those standards are so harmful it really is and I, I think it's time like just as like a horse community a question community is like start breaking stereotypes because like growing yeah, up this has been time. going on for too long 
and it's yeah, time to it's like, time to move on no it's time to step forward and just be like mm, i'm not we're not having this anymore like speak yeah. up exactly i i love that so much and i think there definitely needs to be for sure no. more of that and I'm so happy, like, this podcast is going to be able to get the voice out and, like, you know, connect with writers from all around the world. And I, and I yes. know they're going to be listening to this wherever they are in their car, at the gym, while riding their horse, while at the barn. <laughs> and then yes. and, like, I really hope, like, people can connect with this because, I mean, Mary, thank you so much for, like, sharing your story, like, going through everything. Because, I mean, it's vulnerable. You're being vulnerable. And not many people are, you know, willing to do that. Of course. And I can't wait to hear more and more people's perspective and more people talk about the less fun parts of riding because it's almost universal yeah no for sure and yeah there's so much good about it and I like of course this podcast is going to have moments of that but like and it's conversations like these that people don't want to talk about because it's hard so thank you so much for um being that person to like you know kind of step up and like put a foot down and just kind of be aware or make awareness of the topics of course yeah it's something we're all passionate about and every single person who loves horses deserves a place on a horse and in the barn and we got to speak up for everybody. For sure. So um, I do want the um, listeners to be able to, like, follow you on the socials. So um, do you want to go ahead and, like, kind of put out there where they can find you? Sure. So I don't actually post a whole lot on TikTok, but um, I do have an Instagram account, which is um, M-K-H-I-L-L-E. That's it. <laughs> Simple and sweet. We love that. Simple and sweet. So, yes, I am, on, um, I am on Instagram, which is pretty much my only real social media platform I totally get that and obviously um you guys can go ahead and follow her on there and obviously you guys know where you guys can find me on Instagram it's equestrian.vibes with the z and then on TikTok it's equestrian vibes pretty simple pretty easy but um thank you again Mary so much for coming on here and just sharing your story and I'm so excited to hopefully have you in more podcasts in the future yes absolutely thank you so much for using your platform for something so important and building this community it's amazing You're so welcome. Well, thank you again. And we're going to go ahead and sign off. Hey guys. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Now this is the first episode for many to come and I would love to hear y'all's feedback on it. So if you listen to today's podcast, tag me in your story on Instagram and let me know what you thought. So until next time, happy trails.